Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Brownie Points. I'm Dan. I'm Nick. This is the podcast for a guy with a film degree. And a guy who knows how to work a DVD player. Talk to you about movies. Our first review of the week is the brand new Netflix sci-fi film, Oxygen. That review is coming up now on this episode of Brownie Points. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode. There it is. <laughs> Happy Memorial Day. Don't need a game to pop that beer. <laughs> Happy Memorial Day, by the way, everybody. This episode is coming out right around then. So hopefully you all had a very fun Memorial Day or are going to have a fun Memorial Day weekend, I should say. And safe. Um, <laughs> yes, and safe. Uh, this week, guys, for our first film like i said at the top we went to netflix and we watched a foreign sci-fi film yes uh we are delaying the other high profile netflix film uh for next week um for this one uh we picked it literally because of the director uh his previous film crawl holds a very special place in our show history hearts uh in this movie nothing like crawl oh no not at all um Anyway, Oxygen is directed by Alexandre Aja, uh, if you didn't know that from Crawl. Uh, it is written by Christine LeBlanc, and it stars Mulaine Laurent. Uh, she is the only character on screen in this movie. Well, I eh, not technically, but uh, but she's the main star of this, uh, along with Malik Zidi. Uh, they are both the stars of this movie, and those are who made it. Alexandre Aja, we are going to go out of our way to watch every one of your movies eventually. Anyway, <laughs> Oxygen. Dan might. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, we're going to watch Piranha for the show. I will make sure we watch Piranha for the show. <laughs> I sleep through uh, it. <laughs> um, but anyway, Oxygen, what we thought of this film. Um, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say this will probably make my list of the best films of the year. I just... I was blown away by this movie. It took my breath away. <laughs> Pun out of the way. There we go. Um, <laughs> it really did, though. Uh, Oxygen really did blow me away. Um, it's a it's a really unpredictable script, I found. Um, the twists and turns it takes are really creative, really unexpected. Uh, visually, the movie is stunning. Um, I love the, the, the design of this uh, pod. Um, when the CGI does get involved... When we get to the spoiler zone, um, the visual effects. <laughs> the CGI looked amazing. Um, the sound design uh, was my favorite part of this movie. Not the score, even though the score is great, but the actual sound design of the movie is fantastic. Uh, this lead actress is amazing. Um, I don't. I feel like I know her face, but I I couldn't put it to any specific title. Even pulling up her IMDb here. Um, she oh that's who she was uh she was in inglorious bastards that's it actually as um, who <laughs> she was uh shoshana was she the one that owns the theater that burns down um no she was uh because that was uh somebody else that was uh i can't remember her name offhand but uh i was trying to find a photo of her. oh no wait i think she is like the, nope, the girl, Jake. the girl that it's her master plan to burn the theater down and kill Hitler and all the Nazi leaders. Yes, yes, it was. I'm seeing a photo of her in Inglorious Bastards, and 
I was conflating her with someone else. So yes, she is the lead actress in Inglorious Bastards. That's why I remember her. And she's French in that movie as well, right? Yeah, yeah, she's French. And um, Alexandre Aja is French too, hence why it's in in French. Um, It's kind of... uh, I've got a a genuine question about the movie for you, speaking of being in French. So when I started watching it, I was under the impression I was going to have to read subtitles the entire time, which I was totally fine with uh like we've established before i don't have problems with reading <laughs> subtitles in movies uh like uh train to busan and parasite totally cool with that uh um, hero uh yeah hero yes that was a good one too um but when i started this i don't know if it did it to you netflix all automatically apparently put in the english dub so I listened to it, and I didn't find out until I was almost over that it automatically put an English dub on there, and it's like I'm not gonna rewatch this entire movie. So what? yeah, I didn't actually. Yeah, I did not read subtitles the entire movie. I actually got to listen to it in in English. Kind of was forced to. I didn't really plan on it, and then it just happened. Did it do that to you? Yeah, no, that did weird. not happen for me. That is really weird. <laughs> I don't know I why. The- I don't. I don't think I have a preference thing, but if I do, I I would like to figure out how to turn it off. Apparently, no. I watched this entirely in French. I <laughs> I didn't have the automatic option. I didn't even know it had an option because every time I've watched it, a foreign film, uh, it's just been in the native tongue, and that's it. There's no well, English option. So so it um, it started playing, and she started speaking in English. And at the time that she was speaking, I didn't really get a good look at her mouth. And I was like, okay, I thought this was supposed to be in French, but I guess not. I guess there's sub no subtitles. And then something appears on the screen in French, and then an English subtitle pops up, and then there's a moment where I can see her mouth move, and I'm like, oh, she's dubbed. And I was oh. like, I didn't know they had a dub version. And then as the movie went on, I think I paused it to go to the bathroom or something, but like I moved the remote. And there was a thing at the bottom, and it said language options, and I was like, "Oh," and it was just automatically selected to be English with uh, English subtitles when necessary. So I was like, "Well, I'm almost done with the movie, but I would have turned that off and just used the subtitle thing to hear the French actress's inflection." So I don't know if her voice inflection was good because I didn't get to hear her voice. Huh. That's really interesting. The, no, I did. I did. Dub, I didn't know I there was say, that option. I will say the dub was really was was good. I give this movie sprinkles as well. Oh yeah, I didn't say my rating. Um, <laughs> I mean, if it wasn't obvious, I think it's one of the best films we've seen this year so far. Um, but yeah, on our rating scale, a contender from one of the best films of the year is a movie so good. You are a brownie pan full of brownie covered in icing sprinkles and all the fixings on top pretty good movie overall is a full pan of brownies so so 50 50 is a half pan of brownies pretty bad movie is a single brownie and a contender for one of the worst films we've seen for the show if not of the year you do not even qualify as a brownie you are a cookie full of raisins i enthusiastically give this movie sprinkles it's tremendous it's really intense i the screenplay is shocking uh the the lead actress is terrific and it's nice to 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 remember that Alexandre is as talented a director as he is. Because, like, 
I don't know. Crawl is an outlier to me. Like I generally like his movies outside of I think that we one. Both even said in, in in the crawl review, possibly. I think we even said like this guy's because you kept telling me about like other stuff he's done that was good, and was like this has to be like he picked a dumb script or something. Well, he. I think what happened with crawl was that he should have approached it in a more light tone, like Piranha, because Piranha clearly is like for the lulls. And Crawl wasn't, and I think that was Crawl's biggest issue. Like now that we're two years removed from it, but he he was a talented director. Crawl didn't look bad, and Oxygen doesn't look bad. He doesn't make bad looking movies. He's a very visually engaging director, and that pays dividends in this movie because, like Buried, we're trapped in one location until the well last fifteen minutes of the movie, roughly. But uh, you gotta be a, you gotta be a very specific type of director to keep something like this uh, visually engaging. Because I mean, if you're if you're not, I mean, it doesn't matter what you wrote. Like you gotta be able to keep the viewer. Well, like, well we, in we discussed it in Buried too about how uh, the director in that one and uh, Alexandra does a very good job in this movie too. Like we said in the Buried review, you can't George Lucas direct this, where it's just. <laughs> boom, here's what you're looking at, and you're just holding on it, and you sit on it forever, and then you start, you wipe to something, and then it's another thing, and it's just set. There's no real movement in his directing, where with Crawl and with this one, the camera's always moving, it's sweeping, and it's pulling up, and it's 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 moving. Um, so he does a very good job in that. Like, he, he very easily could have made a very boring movie and did not. Oh, dude, yeah. Between him and... Um... Uh, Maxime Alexandre, funny, it's funny enough, uh, Maxime, uh, Maxime Alexandre was a c- cinematographer, and then I just, I have to give a massive, massive shout out to, uh, Robin, uh, Coder. uh, Robin did the score for the movie, and the you, score is fantastic. You, you've mentioned this a couple times already in the review, and you mentioned it in your text messages to me, you keep talking about the score, and I'm not even disagreeing with you that it's bad, but, like, at a certain point, I actually thought they were about to start playing a specific Muse song I have on my phone. I can't remember the name of it, but, like, it sounds like a Muse song. A little bit. It definitely has, like, Muse. Like, when we were in high school, like, uh, late 2010s Muse. When Muse was sure. good, damn it. <laughs> Before this since I'm the whipping show, since I'm the show, old man. Before this whipping nay nay nonsense. <laughs> Before they whipped their hair back and forth. <laughs> Before he took that horse down that old road. <laughs> yeah, that road there. Nah, no, you don't want to go down that road. <laughs> that road. That road leads to the cemetery. See. <laughs> I don't understand this future. <laughs> oh rabble, <gosh>. rabble. <laughs> I mean, I. I'm just going to be repeating myself and gushing until we engage in conversation about parts of this movie. I love it. I think it's amazing. Uh, good on you, Alexandre. This is a great movie. Uh, Nick, what is your hot take on Oxygen? Way to make up for that turd we reviewed two years ago, dude. Uh, I really like this. I give it a full pan with brownies with sprinkles. I don't know. if Did you break down our ranking system or just say your review rating thing? Yep. No, nope, I, I broke it. I broke it down like two minutes ago. Right. <laughs> Sorry. I got, I got two, I got sports on. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I really liked it. it. This movie was kind of weird. I don't think it was perfect. There, I actually was really close to giving it a full pan in general. I thought it dragged a little bit at times. Like, there was uh, a time closer to the end of the middle of the movie 
So like the beginning of the end of the movie, there were times where I was like, come on, like get going, get interesting. And then it starts uh, revealing a bunch of the spoilers and the twists and stuff like that, which really sucked me in and really redeemed the movie. Um, I, like I said, I give the sprinkles, I'm ready to move into spoiler territory so that we can further discuss the movie. Um, because one of the things that's a spoiler I called very early on in the movie, and I was wondering if you called it too. I, I didn't, and I can't wait to talk about it, honestly. So yeah, spoiler zone, uh, guys go on Netflix and watch Oxygen. It is just, just fine time. It's like, uh, before credits, it's like 95 minutes long. It's super short, uh, terrific movie. Check it out. Um, anyway, um, no, I didn't call that they were in space. I really like, I, I don't know. I just kind of got, no, I I was, but at the same time, I was swept up in it enough where I wasn't really thinking about it. Like I was just like, I, I, I don't know. Usually I, I don't know. I mean, that was, by the way, that was my, that was my one, two, three, four, sixth note, which was like how far into the movie roughly. Uh, pretty early because my fifth note was, oh, this is in English. <laughs> I like that. I like that it was five notes. Like it was that delayed to switch to English. Um, but, but no, I, 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 I didn't. I kind of got swept up in it enough that like, I wasn't consciously like actively like thinking like, where is she? I kind of just was going along for the ride with it. And like, I mean, I, I'm trying to say this as a compliment to the director that I was invested enough in the story and um, this actress's performance that I wasn't consciously thinking just like, oh, I bet it's this. Oh, I bet it's this. Like, I just was going along for the ride and I was worried about her. And uh, I mean, not not a slight against like you guessing it. Like, that's kind of impressive, honestly. <laughs> you nailed that I, it was I in a, space. I have a tendency to do because I, I went into this movie thinking, OK, so I went into this movie. We very recently reviewed Buried uh, within like a month or two ago we reviewed buried and i went into it thinking okay you're not gonna just do buried again so i was trying to think of what are the twists that are going to come from this and the first thing i got when she woke up and she had all these monitors and this like bag on her head like the body bag thing i was like okay they're trying to keep her alive they're not it's not a kidnapping where they're trying to harm her or extort money out of her like they did in Buried. Um, so I was like, okay. So if they're trying to keep her alive, why would they put her in a pod that is to reduce space unless they're mass transporting a bunch of stuff and they're trying to keep her alive through a long traveling distance, like going somewhere in space? Oh, I bet she's in space. See, hmm. See, my brain doesn't work like that. I just saw a futuristic looking pod and just fell right for it. Just like, well, it's the future. This is what a medical pod does in the future. I, <laughs> I played right into his hands. And yeah. so that twist that's, was and that's massive not, like, for me. I, I'm probably going to compare this to Buried a lot just as a warning to people. And I'm not doing it as like a Buried's better, even though I would personally prefer to watch Buried again over this movie. But it's personal privilege, uh, not personal privilege, personal preference. Um, <laughs> I, I prefer the darker tone of buried. Point of personal privilege. 
Um, <laughs> I, I prefer the darker, more malicious tone of Buried over this movie. Um, but I think this movie is... I give it the same rating. I think it's I think it's equally as good, if not uh, maybe exceeds in some technical aspects. Maybe not. I don't know. But um, I, uh, I I I I did spend a lot of time comparing it to Buried, and it's actually a good thing we reviewed that movie pretty recently. But I was just kind of thinking, like, okay, what is what. What is going to happen in this one compared to Buried? Because they're not just going to make future Buried. Right. I, um, that's funny. I, I mean, yeah, I know we did Buried not that long ago. And actually, I kind of want to answer that same question. Do I like this better than Buried? In my opinion, I I figured you would, I figured you would like this more than Buried just because there was more technical aspects. Like, one thing that I actually I don't want to dock the movie for. I made I made a very specific note of it. It's really hard to word. Um, but so early in the movie, like later in the movie, we get a really big twist reveal that I'm not going to reveal right now. Um, mm-hmm. But we get a really big twist reveal where we can see outside of the pod. Um, but earlier in the movie, we get a bunch of times where we can see like her having flashback memory vision things. So we're getting out of the pod. And I was like, you know, I li- what I preferred in Buried is you never leave the box, so it drives up the adrenaline and the uh, and your nerves and how nervous you are and how intense the movie feels. This one, I was like, seeing stuff outside the box has broken the sense of urgency for me, but has increased the mystery. By seeing things outside of the box, yeah, I don't really feel as urgent and as contained and as claustrophobic to get out of this box because you keep having these memory things get you out. While at the same time, by having all these memories and all these flashbacks and all this stuff that's in her head that she's seeing outside of the box, it increases the mystery. Because what this what this has that Barry doesn't is buried, he remembers who he is. And he's like kind of he's like remembering that they were ambushed. In this one, she just wakes up in a box and she's like, Why am I in a box? Who am I? Yeah. Have I ever had a baconator? I I think you kind of helped answer the question for me in that I I think Buried is a very marginally, like very, very marginally better movie. But what they do with their premises is so different. It's a little bit like yeah. apples and oranges. It's how you make this. It's how you make the same movie two completely different ways. Exactly. Like um, uh, Oxygen is just a straightforward like sci-fi story and um buried has these uh real world political undertones to it it's a lot more cynical it's got some some more real world things to say and oxygen yeah it's got the little bits about why um why well when the big twist happens or did you say the big twist about space or we yeah we said space we said space we didn't say any other twist though Okay, so when it's revealed why they're in space, like that's the closest uh, okay. thing. Well, to... maybe you could consider not having her memory a twist, but yeah, the the big the first twist of she's in space, we did say. Uh. Okay, well, in, in memory's not that big a twist. It was in the trailer, but um, was it? I couldn't uh, remember the trailer all that well. Yeah, she didn't have her memory in the trailer, but um, but anyway, the 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 closest connection to like a real world like big thing to say is like. 
it's a part of the movie, but it's not like such a central part of the movie. It's not about that. It's always about her in the box. And, and then, um, why couldn't from you a put the lady pers- back in the box? <laughs> from a technical perspective, I mean, it's a tie. Both of the movies have incredibly creative cinematography given their environment. They're both very visually engaging and both. Um, are cut very, very well to keep the pace moving and it never feel, at least for me, that they're going slow. Um, and then, obviously, the endings are very different. Oxygen does end up having a somewhat happy ending and then Buried very, very much didn't have a happy ending. It had the, it had probably the saddest outcome that story could. <laughs> so, I... I might have, I might have misunderstood, I might have misunderstood this ending had they not shown the two the lady and the guy at, on the planet in the end, I actually would have thought it was more ambiguous because it would have been like, oh, did she survive while they pulled the oxygen from the other failed units or not? I genuinely would have been like, oh, I don't know if she survived. But then later on, they just show her on the planet, and I'm like, okay, she's fine. Honestly, I don't mind the happy ending after going through all that. Like, I kind of felt... Yeah, it's okay. I was okay. I was, I was good with having the happy ending because I was cheering for her and, like... Yeah, it would have been gutsy, and it still would have been a great movie if it ended that ambiguously where we don't know if she survived or not. But honestly, like, I I, I was glad that my heart felt fine knowing that she was alive, and they decided to just say, like, no, 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 she made it, guys. She, it, it's okay. She made it. <laughs> Are we cool? I thought we were cool. Um, but, okay, <laughs> you saw a so, lot of wild stuff here, but she's okay. <laughs> so some of the other really big twists, she is not who she thinks she is, is the biggest twist. Aside from she's in space, um, she's a clone, and she's had the memories of the person she was a clone of implanted in her. And uh. that Inception bomb was massive. That like, I I had a I I I I wasn't surprised by the twist of you're not who you think you are, but I was surprised at the level of detail in that well you're technically a clone of her and we implanted her memories in you so i was like oh that's nuts that's actually pretty insane like i like the way they handled it too where she's like where's his scar where why don't i see the scar on his face and they're like well he's a clone technically he wasn't born with that scar and i was like oh Dude, I did, I did not give the screenwriter enough credit while I was watching it cuz like I was not expecting that big a twist. Like I was I was really just kind of sitting there the just like the old dick twist. Is she, I <laughs> I was just sitting there thinking just like is is she really just like forgetting that she was a part of this or is this a big kidnapping thing or like Well, it, it is, plays like, with it plays with it too because in the beginning when she's online and she's like, oh, he's not in that picture. And I remember this and I remember this and I remember this. It felt like she was being kidnapped and they were manipulating her memories to try and keep her calm. And then she starts seeing through the puzzle. But then it's just like, oh, no, she's just kind of foggy and she's not really who she thinks she is. So the memories are still working themselves out. Dude, I when she when she screams, I'm a clone and I want to live like. I got very close to getting emotional at that part. I, I really did. Like, it, that actually really got you me. You said, I want to live. It made me think of Stuart Griffin. I want to live! Live! <laughs> I, for real, though, like, that that twist, and then now it's the, the morality question of, like, um, 
is this a step that's uh, we'd be willing to take? Like, if our society and uh, the world was was collapsing like this because of, I guess, uh, <laughs> how timely a virus. Um. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did. I did like that. I was like, oh, look, another movie to come out during COVID about a world ending virus pandemic. Great. I actually didn't. I didn't. I forgot to look it up, but I um I did briefly look over the trivia in the Wikipedia page, and I didn't see anything that said or confirmed like how much of this was done during the pandemic. I I mean I'm not inclined to think much of it was, but it was a movie in a single location, so it might have been. So yeah. <laughs> well, the other I, thing too, the, all the other people in it are voices, and then maybe like two floating bodies. Oh, the, uh, oh yeah, they could have referenced human bodies for CG makeup, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then, well, her the the husband the husband was real, like in his scenes, oh, yeah. but they could have. And then they, they had the old lady in the press conferences. But did you notice in um, in the press conference they show the audience listening and the people are wearing masks? And I get it; they're going through oh, a, they're going through a that's... pandemic of their own, but. That is something that I find interesting is that they are wearing masks in that. So it's like, oh, I wonder if they actually did that scene during our pandemic. Pandemic. I mean, possibly. Like, productions were happening, like, under extreme scrutiny. But, like, uh, I just saw today before we got on, um, I was watching Tig Notaro talking about... Um, coincidentally, our movie next week. And <laughs> she uh, she had a picture of... Uh, Zack Snyder filming her on a green screen and he was behind the camera with a mask on. So like getting her in the movie was that fast a turnaround uh, for its own reasons we'll talk about. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they do like this. May This movie maybe was shot during the pandemic. I just, I just, I'm a bad show host. I didn't find that answer beforehand. You freaking slut. Um, <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> um, but, um, I the the thing that I thought was interesting in the movie was uh I don't remember the robot voice's name. I I I I call him like Jeeves or Hal or whatever. Um, it was um it was Marv, I think. Milo. Milo. Oh, Milo. It was Hal 3000 or 9000 or whatever it is that doesn't want to murder people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Open the pod bay doors, Hal. <laughs> well, I like I like when uh, she gets the codes at like okay. So I had an I had this note in this movie, and I, it's this happens in a lot of movies, but it really stuck out to me. Like this is one of the few imperfections I have with this movie. Of a lot of people can make a lot of things easier by just saying stuff. Like when she gets on the phone with the lady, that's like I don't think you want to do that. And then she's like, why? You have eight seconds to explain. She goes, tell your machine to go into this control subset and then set this to zero. And and then she starts floating and she realizes she's in space as she's literally initializing the door unlocking procedure. I was just sitting there. I was like, wow, that scene dragged on for a whole minute longer because you didn't just say, you're in outer space. You need to wait and listen to me. Just say that. The situation's dire. Like this... This movie is full of sequences of people talking that get get uh, added in length because people just aren't being direct and saying what they need to say. It's just she has a request. She demands this of them. Person responds. She asks for clarification. Person responds with the opposite of what she wants to hear. That's exactly how all the conversations go in this movie. 
I would I would forgive the the one scene that you were talking about when she gets the codes strictly because I'm a sucker for creative cinematography and what they did there was just have the camera spinning 360 that entire time for literally like a three minute continuous take. Well, don't and don't get me wrong. That scene works. It's got very good cinematography and it is very intense and it it, it is a very good scene. But it's kind of the epitome of a lot of scenes in this movie of if you just say what you're trying to say, like it's the opposite of a Kamel Nanjiani movie where not enough is said this time instead of too much is said. I hear what you're saying, but I I want to make one. I want to I want to get your opinion on one scene I had a problem with. I mean, in problem is kind of a strong word. Um, I wrote in my notes that every single one of these all is lost movies has a moment when they call a parent. I that scene like, was dumb. I, I it didn't ruin the movie for me, but I just I don't need every the I don't need every movie like this to have the tropey call to mom and the mom can barely hear and then the call I, is lost and then she cries like I you can I get, do you I don't the, have to have that. I get the point of that scene. The point of that scene is to show They've come to a. They've come to that stage in the grieving process, and they've just accepted the fact that they're probably going to die, and they're never going to see what they want, uh, see their family again, or have the light, or get yeah. back to what they want. I get the point of that scene. Yeah, I do too. But, but it's like when people would you. It's like when people would say Batman. We don't need to see Batman's parents get killed every time. Yeah, like that's how I feel about this. I don't even. Well, I I would I would appreciate just finding a new way to accept that. Like just just look at a picture of mom. Don't make it a whole. I was extra about to say three minutes scenes of it dialogue. It shows her going through social media. Have her go through photo albums, seeing what her past life was, and just have her kind of like half smile and sigh, and then kind of look down, like okay, this is it. Yeah, have that. I don't need. need. I don't need the frantic call to a loved one acceptance like thing. Yeah, I just. I'm glad we're somewhat on this, or no, I'm glad we are on the same page on that because that was. Again, it didn't ruin the movie for me. I still think it's one of the best films of the year, but I just rolled my eyes. I was just like, oh, movie, you were so creative until this trope. Come on. like, <laughs> Yeah, it's... And that's the thing, too, is, like, you're kind of limited in what you can do, but, like, you have established she can look at social media. She even says, well, in the English version I saw, she says, Milo, pull up social media. Yeah, it's it's said that in well in the subtitles, but in French, yeah. Okay, but you've, I, esta- you've before, established she can access her social media, which is weird, but yeah, but she could barely make a phone call, which I thought was really funny, honestly. But satellites, bro. Um, <laughs> I did, but in that same scene, I was just complaining about though. You did notice they copied that shot from Buried when they just pulled back, and it's the enclosure surrounded by pitch black. Yeah. Which honestly, that shot's that shot's pretty cool. Not gonna yeah. look, if, if if every time we see a movie where someone's trapped in a fill in the blank, I hope there's a shot like that because I love that shot so much. <laughs> well, I, I liked in this movie too when she kept trying to escape, and he was like, "I will electrocute you if you proceed." And then she realizes like that's her way of starting something. I don't remember what the point was, but she realized like, "Oh, it was to get her memory back." Her to get her memory back, she's like, I better electrocute myself, and she keeps getting shocked. I do like when she's just like, Oh, just shock me already. But like, 
mm-hmm. the thing that I found funny is I get it in the beginning when she's trying to get out and she thinks she's either buried or she's stuck in like a car or something like that. And she doesn't know she's in space. I get it. But afterwards, she's like destroying the lining of this thing. And I was like, you've established you're in space. You do realize if you rupture this, you are going to die. Yeah, even faster. <laughs> and painfully. <laughs> yeah. Well, they they said that in the movie. What was it? Uh, asphyxiation, you die in three minutes. But um, when the door opens, you die in nine of the most excruciating seconds of your life. <laughs> yeah. Well, spe- speaking of uh, the, the door failing, you want to talk about the, the huge reveal of when she sees out the window? <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, yes, because that that well, this has my favorite shot in the movie. But yeah, the moment you're referring to, yeah, you you go ahead and describe what happens. <laughs> uh, for some reason, the hole that Milo's in is like tinted, so she can't see outside. And then she tells him, like, "Let me see outside," and she opens it up, and there's a man with a hole through his entire face in front of her window. <laughs> well, it and was, then, it and was then covered... the, the shot the shot establishing the spaceship is pretty awesome too. My uh, Milo explained that it was covered to protect her from the the UV light from like the sun because oh. they obviously don't have the atmosphere from the Earth. So she was like, "Well, let me see." And then when he drops that, that's when she sees the thousands of other pods. And then yeah, it was the coolest shot in the movie is the very very slow pullback and then it crossfades into an eye. And I just oh that my gosh, cool. I'm. I'm I'm not going to smack my desk, but oh my gosh, I had such a ch- There you go. <laughs> I I very much did that while I was watching that scene. <laughs> so in in the moments after we learn about all the like what happened cuz they say like what was it a comet or an asteroid or something like collided with it and damaged it? Yeah, Milo just passively says they got hit by a comet. Don't you love Excuse me, I keep burping. Don't you love how she is, uh, like, she just comes to accept. She's like, I'm going to die here. And then, like, the one lady said, you need 2% oxygen to be able to come back from another, like, deep sleep. Yeah. I, at when she's talking with, I don't remember the guy's name, but it's the guy that's supposed to be, like, her love interest. And they're supposed to try to have kids and they have a connection. And, you know, he goes to Olive Garden with her and he leaves his skickadoo in her. And uh, Leo. Yeah. Leo. And, like, at the end when she's like, I'm not going to make it. I got to leave a message for Leo. I was like, all right, well, at least she is making sure that he's okay and all that stuff. This sucks to be her. And then, like, at the last second she goes, wait, what if we reroute all the oxygen so that way all the oxygen and the damaged ones comes into mine and I can live? And Milo's like, I can do that. And she goes, do that. And then she goes to, like, (laughs) goes to sleep and lives. I was like... I was like, I'm not saying that that wasn't the original ending, but, like, it feels super convenient that she figured it out in the last second. Literally. I I, I don't think so, because it, it doesn't... It's not that exact revelation. Like, she... She thinks about Milo because it says Milo is the answer, or whatever the exact phrasing was, like, Milo is the answer... Or uh, Leo's the answer, sorry. Uh, Leo is the answer. And so she thinks, oh, I can just get everything from Leo. And then in the moment when she thinks all is over, she then realizes, oh, wait, there's 2,000 other pods besides Leo's that all probably other all uh, else have oxygen in them too. And then 
I honestly thought that was kind of cool that, like, she could go to sleep. And with that half a percent of oxygen left, that was enough for hypersleep for the guy to spend the, what, like, thousand hours needed to redirect everything else. I got such a sinking (laughs) feeling when he said that because I was like, oh, no, that's not she doesn't have enough time when he's like, it's going to take eight billion minutes in order to do this. Well, she could be revived with 2% oxygen. I know, I I know. But I'm just saying, like, when he said that, like, it's funny that that's actually a good thing to hear because she's like, yeah, do that. And then you can use it to wake me up. In my head, I was like, oh, no, she doesn't have enough time. I, 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 again, I was just so swept up in this movie. I really, I, it really got me. I thought that. She, this movie was gonna end that bleak with her dying just like oh no it's just like buried she's gonna die just like him oh snap like <laughs> wouldn't have been funny though if in this one uh unlike and buried her box is the one that actually gets opened <laughs> there's people outside <laughs> trying to open it she just gets sucked out and thrown into space and has a hole in her face <laughs> that's the twist ending is just like wait redirect the oxygen and he's just like oh he's just like open the door and she's like i didn't say that <laughs> wait, wait redirect the oxygen activate jettison protocols that's not what i said <laughs> what was what was what was what he called um giving her the the lethal injection the um oh uh, uh euthanasia well it, he didn't use the word euthanasia it was just like um the, it was just like this is for your own good like that shot <laughs> i liked i liked after all that he's like would you like a sedative and she goes you don't have to ask me to kill me but you have to ask me if i want a sedative <laughs> oh dude you've told me before about needles and you like did that scare you yeah when i he- so uh, i've told dan this for listeners what i'm getting at is what i uh was younger i used to get needles in me all the time for uh my asthma so I actually used to be able to handle needles going into people in movies very well. In the years, having a problem with my asthma. In the years since having bad asthma issues, and I don't get needles put into me nearly as much. I've developed what my dad has, which is I really cannot watch needles go into other people in movies. So like, the worst, the absolute worst one was when she had to put the belly button like garter belt thing on and had to put that like when it came out of her, I was shouting at my TV, and when she put it back in, I was shouting even louder at my TV. But like, all the scenes of her taking needles out and then sticking needles back in herself, I was like, ah, oh, God, make it stop, dude. She didn't even just like casually put a needle in her arm. She had to put that thing literally like half a foot in her arm, dude. When um when she took that needle out, I was like, oh my god, is she gonna accidentally roll over under that? And uh, turns out the answer was no, but the answer also was way worse than I thought possible. Oh my god, I I agree with you two on the 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 stomach pump for the nutrients. That oh one, god, that had to hurt so much worse going back in than pulling it out. <laughs> that looked so well, awful <laughs> in the beginning too. When uh when she realizes that like it is. It's not like a lap band. It's like a thing inside of her. Like the moment she realizes that, I was like, oh my God, that was inside you this entire time. Yeah, oh, ugh, I'm cringing thinking about it. That was so honestly, so honestly, actually, out of all of them, I was in a, I, I was in a coma once and they put like, they have to put like a feeding tube thing in you. Cause I was in a coma for like a week. And when uh, I was like, five or six. I can't remember the exact age. I was really, really young. I got, I had uh, pneumonia and it made my asthma go off like crazy. 
and it was pretty bad. I was in a coma for a week just so they could get me to stabilize. And they, um, when they took the feeding tube out, I actually woke up to like the sensation of like something being like, they were making me gag. So I would vomit it up basically. And like, I woke up and was kind of like, what is happening? And I like to the sensation of like vomiting and having something shoved down your throat. And then like they yanked it out of my mouth. And my dad said, I like that I sat up in bed and I went to like scream in pain and no, no sound came out. And he goes, that was really creepy. Like that was really surreal. And then like for a week, whenever I went to talk, like it tore up my throat. And whenever I went to go talk, like I would have to shout and I would sound like this. Oh my so God. I don't know the thing. What I'm getting at is I don't know if a thing in the belly button would be better or not. <laughs> I don't know. Getting stabbed in the abdomen versus that—that's kind of a pick your poison. Yeah. <laughs> woke. Woke. I remember. I remember being in a hospital in Columbus, and uh, my mom crying and being given a teddy bear, and then I wake up to feeling like I'm vomiting and something's being shoved down my throat and crapping into the uh, the diaper that they put on me and then having that yanked out of my face. And one of the first things I said to my parents is, can I have some McDonald's? I want McNuggets. <laughs> Chicken nuggets. Dude. Orange high C. <laughs> I had jello for like a week. <laughs> well, that's, the, th- that's but- the thing with those things too is like, it's really the, like when they give you those things, it's not to make you full. It's to just give you the nutrients you're losing. So, like, you're not even remotely close to full. You've just got some of the nutrients that you weren't getting because you weren't eating. Not to be completely... I came out of of starving. Not to be completely glib, but you saying you remember your mom getting a teddy bear. I just, in my head, I just imagined a doctor going, it's okay. No. teddy bear's your new son. No, no, no. I remember <laughs> I remember my, waking up at night and my mom crying and be like, what is going on? And she's like, you're going to go uh, on like a ride or something. And then I like turn over and look and I see like a, one of the medical people. I don't know if it was a nurse or a doctor or what, but someone was like, here you go, buddy. And like gave me a teddy bear and then I was out. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's literally the Jeez. last thing I remember for a week. Oh my god! I think That's I think kinda... at my parents' house I might still have that teddy bear like in a tub somewhere in the basement, like in storage. Oh, your coma bear. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, I just imagined a coma care bear. Too. I went. I went. I remember. I remember after that whole asthma. Th- and I'm sorry we're deviating so far off course, but like I remember going to school like after that too, and like. Uh, when I got released from the hospital, I remember like going and basically like to prove to my classmates. Cause I was in kindergarten, like proved to my class, like classmates, I wasn't dead and like walking in the room <laughs> and everyone was like, Oh my God, he isn't dead. Cause I, dude, I was out of school for like three weeks to a month. It was a really long, cause it was a month. It was however long I was sick before that a month in a coma. And then like, or I'm sorry, a week in a coma. And then like another week or two, uh in the hospital and then i went home so i was yeah i was down for a while god damn dude i i'm not trying to like uh god that sucks i i remember you telling me some of those not all those stories but uh i remember a few of those stories before um 
I'm I I've no good transition into this. I was just looking at my notes to see what Nicholas Cage. Um, there was a <laughs> no. Um, there's one I want oh. one note I want to point out. The um, I wrote fairly early in the movie. Uh, Jesus, that mouse got me good. So I'm trying to remember. I think it was um, probably the when first... she was because I think I think the first mouse is when she's reaching for either that needle or just some tube, and then she grabs it and thinks it's a rat tail. Yeah, that was it. That was that one got me so good. And honestly, every time it cut to those beautifully CGI, they look disgusting. All those rats and the the way it revealed that like she was working on this um uh the the cryogenics like through the mice and she's hallucinating like I didn't clone you, I didn't kill you. Like every time she hallucinated the mice, it was terrifying to me. Well, I, I I just kept thinking, I was like, if you're this terrified of rats, why did you get into work with rats? Well, it wasn't that she's scared of them. It was the <sighs> the it was it was the effect of like the cryogenics, the trial and error, and like the you saw like the 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 misshapen ones when it didn't work right. Like she was haunted by those, like the 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 mice that she killed, quote unquote. Yeah. So, I'm trying to think of like what else to really oh talk God. about with it, because like there's, it's it's a very self-contained movie, and there's there's lots of big twists, but like not a ton really happens in the story, and I don't and I don't mean that as like it's a really like it's a really like uninteresting movie. I don't mean it like that. I'm just saying like the tw- the twists that happen are big. And there's a couple big twists in it, but not a lot of small things happen in the movie. Like, we can't, like, I remember at one point thinking, I was like, is she going to turn around, like, and buried? And she kind of does in one scene where she, like, half turns around in it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I remember what you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, is there anything else you want to talk about before we get to the Nick Cage question? Uh, yeah, so Nicholas Cage, based on our very limited selection that we have, uh, who stands out to you as uh, needing to be Nicholas Cage? <laughs> Guy with a hole in his face. <laughs> we don't even... <laughs> what would be the point I... of that being Nicholas Cage? Because you know Nick Cage, even though he's told to be a dead guy, would just like not care and just be like oh i'm in so much pain my face is missing and i'm in spies <laughs> but just through the tongue in his head like the the, the britney spears in south park like, <laughs> <laughs> like that episode of uh, south park with britney spears exactly yeah <laughs> oh my gosh i i mean it's i don't have a creative answer i i think it would have been funny if he was milo but still spoke french like if nick cage was went method and learned french <laughs> wait, wait, you think he doesn't know it already i i i maybe he does i i don't know it's is it like a chuck norris cage thing man, where it's can't like cage my linguistics is it like Chuck Norris where it's like you don't teach Chuck Norris French, he teaches you? Like <laughs> you don't teach Chuck Norris French. Chuck Norris Frenches teach. <laughs> God. Um, 
but yeah, that's pretty much everything I got on this. I, I highly recommend you see it. I might, I might actually rewatch it, uh, and figure out how to make it so that it's in French. Um, but yeah, that's everything I got on it. I highly recommend people see it. Oh, dude, I, I do too. Find it on Netflix this weekend, uh, or tonight, whenever you have time, definitely check it out. Uh, it's there for everybody forever because Netflix owns it. Um, <laughs> so with that, we are going to take a very brief break. And when we come back, we will be talking to you about what our next film is. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, that is it for this episode of Brownie Points. Thank you to Iomarfta Fugue for the music. Fugue. Thank you. Is Fugue, is Fugue <laughs> French? Uh, no, we looked we looked him up before, and it, uh, he's Russian, remember? No, no, no. I mean Fugue, the word Fugue. Is it French? Or name or brand or whatever? Uh, I don't know. I just assumed Russian because... Uh, uh, or he, she, I can't remember. I think it was a she, actually. I think she's Russian. I thought you said it was a um, he. I did just now, but I think it is a she. Um, I can't remember. I have to <laughs> I have to look him up again. Um, but anyway, uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, thank you for listening to our thoughts on Oxygen, everybody. Uh, as per usual, Thursday is a trip into the time machine. Nick, remind everybody where we went into the time machine. Somewhere in the 90s, we're going to go see a movie so that my friend Lucas will get off my back for not saying it. We're going to see The Shawshank Redemption. Yep, Shawshank Redemptions from 1994. Uh, writer and director is Frank Darabont. Made his name with this movie. Morgan Freeman did too. So many people did. Classic cinema. Uh, we will be checking that out next week. It is not currently streaming anywhere free, so you will have to rent this one to join us, uh, unless you own it, like I do. Um, <laughs> but yes, that is what we're going to be checking out on Thursday. Nick, uh, tell everybody where Facebook Brownie Points Guide to Cinema, Instagram Brownie underscore Points underscore Guide, and Twitter at Brownie underscore Cinema, as well as Brownie Points Guide to Cinema at gmail.com. The show logo, the bowl of popcorn with brownies in it, is the profile picture for everything. Make sure that you're finding us on Letterboxd. I'm somewhere on there, and Dan is capital D Brownie49. Uh, Make sure you're sending us Brandy Bites. It is where there are topics to discuss, countdowns to do, or movie trailers to review. Um, as well as movies to review, whether they're in theaters or streaming new releases or time machines. Make sure you're leaving us reviews on whatever platform you listen to us on. Uh, five stars with words is the best way to help us grow because we don't have presenting sponsors. We don't talk to you about shaving balls or uh, uh, beds that come in the mail um, or anything like that. We strictly talk to you about stuff because it's fun and we don't ha and we don't have an obligation to do it. I'm checking to see if we have a new rating for me to read on air. If we do, I'll read it on air. Uh, no, last one is the one your sister left. Uh, but make sure you're contacting us on whatever platform. Um, actually, <laughs> your sister sent a very fun conversation <laughs> about me and how much I dislike drinking games on. <laughs> The review for another round. I I did check that out. That was that was a fun read. I <laughs> that was really funny. You all had you all had that conversation while I was at work, so I couldn't chime in in the moment. But that was a lot of fun to read afterwards. Uh, <laughs> that was really God. funny. I got uh, I got called out for being for being an old man that's in his twenties. 
Yeah. Oh, man, that was so funny. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, we will continue to always be here in your ears on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Anchor.com, and all other major podcasting platforms here and around the globe. Shout out to uh, Ireland. Last I checked, you're still the number one foreign country that listens to us. Or us. <laughs> so we really appreciate that. Uh, guys, 2021 has been better so far than 2020, but it will only continue to be better if you continue to wear your masks, wash your hands, open your ears and your hearts, give a damn about each other, and get the vaccine. Uh, by the time you guys are listening to this episode, uh, we both will have our second shot, I believe. Uh, my, I'm getting my second my shot. Second, my second shot is uh, a week from tomorrow. Okay, and my actual sh- my second shot is actually tomorrow. So, come mid June. <laughs> come mid June. I've, I've heard that's the one that's that's not fun. Yeah, I've heard mixed reviews about that one too. Um, I I don't know. Someone said it might not be that bad for me because I actually had COVID, but I I don't know. Fingers crossed. We'll see. Um. <laughs> We'll see how we'll see how I feel during um, our listeners will already know because uh, we'll have tape brownie bites and we'll uh, <laughs> we'll see how well I can get through the news. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, any anyways, get your vaccines, guys. We really hope you do, because that is going to be a big factor into making sure 2021 is better than 2020. And we can finally get back to normal. That is all we got for you on this episode. Sports are hailing. The Cardinals announced today that uh, in June, a couple a couple weeks from now, they're going to put the stadium at 100% capacity. And I think they're lightening mask mandates on people that are fully vaccinated. So nature is healing itself. <laughs> Woo! With, si- awesome. with, that, with science. <laughs> that, that honestly is good news. Um, but anyway, uh, like we said, uh, that's it for today. Thursday, we're going to be back with uh, Shawshank Redemption. We'll see you then. So, with Dan recording this before he gets his second vaccine, and the fact that the episode before this is the one after he's had that vaccine, um, do you do you have any words of wisdom that you wish past episode you could bestow on you currently? Wait, I I got the timeline all mixed up. <laughs> Me too. Good night, everybody. If you just say what you're trying to say, like, it's the opposite of a Kamel Nanjiani movie where not enough is said this time instead of too much is said.